the ground now I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger me, don't you wait too long, wait too long Alright, legends! Welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me It's me, Billy Darcy What an absolute treat Feel the hype, spread the hype oh, Almost lost it on hype there Etc, etc, all you little hype soldiers out there. Appreciate the work that's being done in and around uh, the Australian community and also abroad. Got a few a few English listeners. That's, pro- that's probably it. Obviously, we know I'm sort of big in the Mediterranean and uh, we're branching out. Also, Tasmania, that's overseas. That counts as well. But anyway, uh, thanking all. What a time to be alive. Been a busy few days for me. I've been just kind of pushing through life the last... The last freaking five days or whatever. It's been, you know, it's been arduous, but it's been fun. Uh, I was absolutely gunned down by a virus last Wednesday. Uh, Like, just woke up. Firstly, I came home Tuesday night and there was like, one of my roommates had like cold medicine everywhere, all over the bench. Codrill, you know, he's not fucking around. I thought, here we go. Keep, Keep away from me, okay? I've got stuff to do, you know, jobs, jobs to take care of, people to take out, this sort of business. And then the next morning, I just woke up. I rec- I don't, I've never seen a virus move this quick. I woke up the next morning, just fucked. Completely gone. Uh, wor- worked all day, and then uh, I had a gig Wednesday night. And um, I went in. Uh, morale was low. Physical health was at a bare minimum. And uh, did I do well? I didn't. I didn't do well. I hosted a gig uh, in and around town. can't remember where it was. Um... The crowd was quite old. The average age of the crowd is probably 60. And my demographic is anything but that. But also, you know, I, I, host, uh, I host a lot of gigs around town. And you know what? You can't always be hosting universities. Sometimes you've got to host for old people who don't really get anything that's not absolutely spoon-fed to them. And, oh, it was a long night for me. I was so sick. Um, uh, off stage, my health was poor. On stage... It was just fucking that. It was tough work. These oldies were not around me at all. Um, at one point at the start of the show, I'm opening the show. You got to do like 15 minutes to open the show at this gig. At one point, I had them. They were mine. They didn't really like my jokes, but I was getting them with the crowd work, you know. And and I had them. And I was like, yes, we're gonna do it. And then I was gonna do my joke about um, a 23 year old life coach. Old people always love it. It's the only joke they like of mine because it's like. Yeah, fuck young people who think they know what they're doing. So I've got them, and I've got my 23-year-old life coach bit up my sleeve. I go, here we come. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to open the show. Bam, here we come. And I lost them almost immediately after that, and I didn't really get them back for the next sort of six minutes or whatever. Tried hard. Tried really hard. Did not get them back. Uh, Lost them. There was some animosity in the room. And uh, yeah, I, I really did not make a connection. Then the, the support act came out. This guy, Chris Radburn, who's a big big Sydney comedy scene veteran. He's done a lot of uh, radio and stuff. And uh, he just absolutely destroyed. Like, just for half an hour. They fucking loved him. So it was definitely, you know, you got to blame yourself in that moment. I, uh, I was the problem. I was the problem. Uh, and, then, and then I went out in the second half. I was drinking red wine as well because at this gig, you get like a rider. And I said, oh... I'll go a bottle of red wine because I'll, I'll have a couple of glasses throughout the night because you got to be there for like three hours if you're hosting. And then I was drinking the red wine to deal mentally with what was happening out there. And then, but it was sending my health even further downhill. And I did maybe 12 minutes opening the second half, and uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. So I shouldn't say it wasn't good. I wasn't good. I did not connect with them, and it was just tough work. A lot of silence for the big fella. But that's okay. That's okay. And I've hosted that room a few times before and done well. I've hosted gigs to older crowds and done well. But I still need to master the oldies, I reckon. I still... I don't know. Maybe you just don't want to... Maybe not every crowd's for you, but... I could have done better. There was a couple of mistakes I made. Um... Like I said, I did all... I did have them in the first half. Second half, I never had them. They didn't like me by that point. Yeah, it's so it's so annoying when you're hosting and you've got to go back out in front of a crowd that you know they hate you. And they know they hate you as well. Everyone's on board with what's happening. There's hate in the room. But anyway, so a fucking big, big old loss for the big fella on Wednesday night. You get those. 
And then uh, Thursday morning, I went to my sister's graduation, her high school graduation. She's graduating. Let me tell you, I went to a, a boys' school. She's going to an all-girls' school. This graduation was completely different in that literally everybody in the graduation bawled their eyes out the whole time. I've never seen so many women crying in one spot. It was like the school captain went up to give a speech. She she was like, my time at... Just immediately, that was it. She just cried, 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 cried. Uh, teachers were crying. Students were crying. Parents were crying. It was fucking wild. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. But there were so many tears. I will say, I almost teared up at one point. Because they played the climb from that Miley Cyrus movie. Oh, what a what a song! You know that movie in the Miley Cyrus movie, the part at the end where she she takes the wig off and she goes, "It's me, Miley. This is who I really am. I hope you can accept me." And then she starts banging out the climb, dude. Fuck yeah, that's that's a banger. You listen to Miley bang out the climb and try and immediately not chase your dreams. I dare you. I double dare you. It's impossible. It's impossible. So that was that was a time, but yeah, I was still very, very ill. Very, very ill indeed. And I was just ill for the next couple of days. Absolutely pumping cold medicine to the point where I'm like just buzzing almost. And I had a gig Friday night. I was uh, supporting Jen Fricker from uh, Trip Trip Triple Triple J. From Triple J. Um, supported her at Newcastle. It's a two-hour drive, and uh, I was under the weather. And uh, whatever. That gig was actually sick. Funnest gig ever. And that was good for morale after Wednesday. And uh, they were, you know, they were more on my pace because they were fun. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a really fun gig. What a time to be alive. And then that morale, I think, has led into me. Saturday, I started to feel a bit better. So yeah, so, and it was tough because I was really sick, but I had all this fun stuff planned over the, over the, the time I was sick. And, uh, then I went, I watched the AFL grand final on Saturday. I don't even like AFL, to be honest. I got nothing against it. I don't actively hate it. Like I never sat down and was like, fuck this sport. I just never really got into it because I'm from Sydney and we got, um, we got stuff to do, you know? But so what I did notice though, uh, it was one of the worst games we've seen because it was basically a training run for Richmond, you know? Uh, unfortunately GWS didn't really turn up and... There's just no excuse, lads. It's the grand final. You know, like what 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 was going through these blokes' head? They blatantly just were just not in it to win it at all. You know, that's why you need someone to just throw a punch and fire the lads up. Okay? This way you start a fight and watch the lads rally, okay? Because when you GWS were walking around like at 70%, like, oh, let's try and get back into it. You need someone, you need, you know, some sort of Somebody throw a few freaking choice words around, throw an elbow, and that'll fire the lads up, you know? Let's start an all-in. Only way to do it. But uh, i tell you what, I did absolutely love that bloke who debuted in the grand final at 27. Dude, Disney are making a movie about him as we speak, okay? What a guy. And he just looks so happy to be there. When he came out, he got the ball, hit a spin, beat a guy. Dude, I was fucking loving it. And I don't even really know the rules of AFL. I just love a good story, you know, but this bloke was in jail as a, as a youth. Uh, so they haven't really said how old he was. Cause there's a difference between getting done when you're 13 and getting done with you when you're 17. I think he got done for burglary. So that's okay. People love a rags to riches story in 2019. You're honestly better off, uh, like robbing someone's house, stealing a car, than like saying the wrong thing on Twitter. Did you get done for burglary? It's like, hey, we all have bad days. You, you freaking say something racially insensitive on Twitter. Fucking everyone, get your pitchforks. Go down to the go down to the town square. We're going to burn this freak alive. Uh, but also, ideally, don't rob anyone or say any racist shit on Twitter, if you can manage it. Most people have to do one or the other. That's why I threw it out there. I personally love robbing people, so... No, actually, I famously haven't robbed anyone this year, and and there was that time where I could have. There was that time after that house party where I woke up. I was the only one in the house. The only one in the house. Um, it was like 11 a.m. I thought, I'm thinking, how many fucking TVs can I fit in this jacket? <laughs> no, nah, but of course I didn't rob them because I'm a, I'm a, one of the great blokes. 
But I did think about it. I just, I, I, I didn't think about it like, let's do it. I thought about it like, oh, you totally could. You know what I mean? And there is a difference. All right. So back off. It's my podcast. It's the last time I'll say it. Um, what was I talking about? Robbing people. Right. Cool, cool, cool. 10 minute mark. Covered a few crimes already. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, oh, Saturday night I went to a house party. This one went awry. I will say this. Unfortunately, I really regret going to this party. I really do. It was a great party. The guy whose party it was is an absolute fucking legend. A lot of legends there. But some bloke cow punched my mate. Who does that? Who does that anymore? I thought people... So, this was wild. He cow punched my mate. And my mates tried to flog him, obviously. So he's, he's hit him from behind in the face, right? Just standard traditional coward punch. Just by the book coward punch. Like, I've got no spine by the book coward punch. Then everyone's held my mate back while this bloke ran off and jumped in an Uber and fucked off. This guy's like a, this guy's like a top 10 in the world coward. It's, I mean, I thought these sort of people only really existed on the Gold Coast, but... We've, had, we've got one down here on the southeastern seaboard, and honestly, it, it makes me sick. So this, he, he's hit my mate from behind in the face when my mate wasn't even looking or expecting it, and then jumped in an Uber. What kind of fucking spineless, witchetty grub of a human does that sort of stuff, you know? And then my mate, my mate messaged him on uh, Facebook, obviously extremely intoxicated, being like, oh, hey, mate, you'll get yours, type, type thing, and I'm paraphrasing because it was a lot more aggressive than that. And then this bloke the next morning, the guy who, who coward punched him from behind is, is on Facebook going, Oh yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You're a fucking loser, mate. Like talking shit on the internet. It's a fucking wild, uh, sequence of events. I didn't see any of it happen. I think I was, um, I don't know. I was, this happened out the front of the house and I was, um, in the backyard or whatever. But if I was there, who knows what would have happened. But, um, man, just so weird. You, you hear about this stuff on the news, maybe in Western Sydney, but not on the North Shore, you know? Come on. I tell you what, if you want to be a coward in 2019, it's easier than ever. This guy's this guy's spreading his cowardice across, like, several apps, you know? You hit a guy when he's not looking, one click, you got the escape vehicle right there. Next morning, from the safety of your own home, you can message the guy you attack from behind, tell him what a loser you think he is. Unbelievable. This is the sort of uh, high-level cowardice that people just couldn't get done in the 80s, you know? There just wasn't the access. Unbelievable scenes. Like, just what a... What a... I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even know how to describe that sort of person. I don't even know who it was. Guy's name was Lyle, actually, I think. Lyle. I mean, barely a name. Barely a name. Lyle. The only other Lyle I know, he was the bad guy in George of the Jungle. So he was a piece of shit in that movie. And, uh, you know, art can sort of imitate life. And that's what we've seen here. We got we got grubs on the screen. We got grubs off the screen. They're all named Lyle. And they're all devious. But uh, Lyle, yeah. Unfortunate, unfortunate. Anyway, uh, I'm sure that'll sort itself out. But, uh, yeah, so that obviously just ruined the party for me. Um... And then it just, there's just so much carry on. It just made me fucking furious, actually. It just made me fucking, it just, yeah. And then I was just fucking carrying on and uh, we left. We left the party because that was for the best. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that just kind of totally ruined my Saturday night. I was having a lot of fun before that. And uh, before that, actually, I've got, I've got a strikeout, uh, strikeout city. Uh, Pelican of the Week is uh, that bloke who cow punched my mate as well. Is that a new segment? Criminal of the week? Is that a new one we're doing? I don't know. No, actually, I'll take that back. Your pelican is too light of a term for that guy. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, Strikeout City. This is pretty funny. This was this is before the the assault where uh, where I was having a pretty good time. I was talking to this uh, I was talking to this girl and she, she's sitting on like this big wooden deck chair, right? She's sitting down the chair. I'm sitting on like the arm of the chair talking to her, and I'm pretty, pretty how you going, pretty drunk, and, um, I think she was the birthday boy's older sister's friend, so she was just there helping out, I think she was quite stone cold, and I had about 46 under the belt, so, and she was, like, a really smart lawyer, really, really, um, really cool girl as well, so I'm trying to keep up with her on the banter, she wants, she wants to be, like, a, like, a medical malpractice lawyer, 
I've never had a fucking real job. So, you know, we, we're trying to meet in the middle on this. But uh, anyway, could have been going better, to be honest. But then uh, she goes, I'm going to go get a drink. I go, yep, no stress. Um, but she gets up off the chair and she was weighing the chair down. So I'm on the arm. She gets up off the chair. Chair flies up and I like go straight on my back. And like the whole party's watching. It was so fucking embarrassing. And now I'm just lying on the ground. It was like a, it's like a stone gravel ground as well. So it kind of hurt. And so I'm lying on the ground just going like, this, this chick's seeing the whole thing as well. And there's only like maybe seven girls at this party. So I've just struck out with, you know, the girl who saw it plus, you know, anyone who she tells in the next 10 minutes. So I've just wiped out my chances with the majority of the girls at the party in one motion. And I'm just lying. It's one of those things where like, you're just so embarrassed. You think, fuck, I'm not even getting up. This is just who I am now. I'm just a guy who lives on the floor. But I was just like, ugh. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I was, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, oh my God. Is it weird? If someone was filming that, that would just be like the funniest thing ever. Like nothing I could ever probably achieve in comedy would be funnier than that. And that's just how it is. But yeah, so that was Strikeout City. Not only did I strike out, but I was, I face, oh, I didn't faceplate, I fell on my back. But Jesus Christ, embarrassing stuff. Very embarrassing. Oh man, so that party was a roller coaster. You know, one minute I'm on the floor, next minute my man's getting punched. You know, next minute we're, we're leaving, everyone, everyone was screaming. It was like fucking nightmare of a nightmare of a party. Also, the party was great. I don't want to project onto the party. The party was great. A lot of fantastic people there. A couple of unfortunates. And uh, that, that happens sometimes. Uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, yeah. So then Sunday comes around. Oh, boy. I didn't even want to get started on Sunday. And I'm still pretty sick the whole way through this experience. But I'm pushing through, you know, just come on. Uh, but Sunday comes around. Sunday was a big day. So we had my mate's birthday. We had like a lunchtime barbecue. And uh, my roommate's birthday, Matt actually. Uh, does his name matter? It doesn't. But, you know, that's his name. That's his name. So we had this barbecue. I've had a few beers with lunch. Thinking how good is this? I'm going to see my favorite comedian, Andrew Schultz, on, on Sunday night at the Factory Theatre. In the big room, baby. This guy, if you haven't seen, if you haven't checked out Andrew Schultz, if you like stand-up comedy, dude, this guy's like probably top five in the world right now. Like the level of his stand-up is just, oh, fucking unreal. And he's blowing up huge online all over the world. Anyway, this guy's a fucking man. Uh, I meet Pat at the at the pub at uh, three o'clock, right? I, I'm meeting like five friends at the pub at three o'clock. Now, I don't live in the city, so I, you know, um, I get a lift out there. I'm... 255 I'm at the pub ready to have a fantastic afternoon with my friends 345 rolls around I'm still sitting there by myself and what a long 45 minutes it was and this is a record for me I was ditched before we even met up this is a pre-ditching you know man I get ditched once a month these days I don't know what happened I used to I reckon I wasn't ditched between 2009 and 2015 but Maybe even longer, but yeah, 2019, I've been getting ditched left and right. But the worst thing was, it's a beautiful day at this pub. That's not the worst thing. But pub's packing out, you know, everyone's having a great time. I'm holding down this table of six by myself. The looks and the walk-bys I'm getting, oh my God, would rattle even the sternest man to his core. So what what, what basically was happening was uh, I just sat there by myself for 45 minutes Sipping on a beer, sending out increasingly aggressive text messages, I might add. And uh, I've just never seen such disrespect. Fre- Freddie said he was... Uh, oh no, Freddie, my friend, who was supposed to come, didn't even end up coming at all. So the other guys turned up at 3.45, which is too late. When you you said to meet up at 3. Because they all just live around the corner. You know, it's no big deal to them. It was like 45 minutes away from my house. Also, I respect them as humans, so maybe that was part of it. But anyway, so everyone else turns up 45 minutes late. Freddie texts me like two hours later saying, fuck it, I'm not even coming at all. So, see yourself, Fred. Uh, so now I'm trying to offload his ticket. We, we have a great afternoon on the beers. Rock into this gig, which is pretty much more or less blind as bats. Having a great time. And uh, we, we go in. I know um, the guys who brought Andrew Schultz out, like the touring company. 
like not heaps well, but uh, they they represent like Frenchie and a few of these guys. And so when me and Pat walk in to get our tickets, uh, firstly Pat bought his ticket and had it sent to an email he no longer has access to. I don't know why this guy's got so many burner emails. He's a he's a low level civilian. You know the FBI is not after him. But we finally get our tickets, and the security guard says, comes up to Pat and goes, oh, hey, man, I've got three VIP wristbands for you, or, like, backstage wristbands. And me and Pat are like, fuck, yeah, we do. Dude, how good is this? We get to go backstage. This is unreal. I can't wait. Turns out the security guard thought Pat was Frenchy. So Pat went back, and the guy said, oh, no, dude, I thought I thought you were Frenchy. No, they're not for you at all. Like, go away. So it's like, oh, fuck. You know, and now we've got the pain of knowing we could have you know, there was a world where we almost had them, you know, so whatever, we go in, I buy, I, we buy some t-shirts, Andrew Schultz is the fucking man, can't wait to see him, I'm in the front row, beer in each hand, t-shirt over the shoulder going, this is fucking sick, show's running so late, I, but I, I can't wait, I'm pumped, I'm fucking pumped, and uh, show's supposed to start 7.30, it's like 8 o'clock, hadn't started, phone rings, it's, uh, it's, it's big old uh, Josh Wade, uh, of uh, for, former former big dog on the comedy scene himself, but he now he now tours acts and that sort of thing. He goes, mate, how drunk are you? I go, two beers, mate. I've had two beers. He goes, no, seriously, are you fucking drunk? Like, I need you to open the show, but you can't fuck this up for me. And to this day, it's the most aggressive way anyone's ever asked me for a favor. I think I can remember. You know, how about a hey, buddy, how are you? What sort of what sort of mind frame are you in? Is this something you'd like to do? You know. Uh, but you know, he knew, he knew I was keen, but I said, I said, look, mate, keep in mind, I've had 12 beers. I can really not really even walk in a straight line, to be honest. I'm, I got, I got too drunk at the pub out of excitement. I got too pumped up for the show and, uh, I'm absolutely hammered, but I go, mate, honestly, I've had two beers. Don't worry about it. I'll knock this out of the park. He goes, right. Head backstage. You're on in like one minute. I go, fucking hell. I'm on. Next thing you know, I'm backstage. I'm meeting Andrew Schultz. I'm meeting, I'm meeting his guys, his opener, his other opener, I should say. And uh, I was like the host, and then he had another opener, and then he had him. I'm meeting these guys. I'm like 12, 12 beers deep. I'm like, holy fuck, how good is this? They're like, can you do like 12 minutes and then and then um, bring his opener? And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Like, I cannot, I'm way too drunk for this, you know? There's like 500 people out there. Billy D's had fucking 500 schooners. I'm in some trouble here, team. I'm in some trouble. I'm back. Also, I'm like meeting my hero. I'm like, holy shit, this is this is great. He's like, he's like, hey man, like, thanks for doing this. I'm like, can we get a photo? He's like, what? I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> you said something. Yes, thank you, thank you for having me. No stress. Good to help you out. I'm freaking out. I go to the uh, I go to the road manager, Zach. I go, Zach, how about a couple of Red Bulls back here, mate? Couple of Red Bulls. Keep in mind, I keep. I I told everyone I've only had like one beer. This is all mental anxieties at this point. I go, Zach, let's get a couple of Red Bulls in here, mate. I always have a Red Bull before I go on stage. Bit of a ritual. He goes, oh, yeah, is that a big deal? I go, mate, I'm very, very particular about having my Red Bulls. In my head, I'm thinking, how many fucking Red Bulls do I have to skull to get back to some point of where I can remember who I am and what my jokes are, you know? I'm thinking, so now, now, like, they're like, all right, you're on in one minute. I'm sculling Red Bulls, just sculling them, going like, fucking hell. And, they're, and I'm like... This is not good. This is not good. I go and and also my voice is all croaky, and uh, and I'm, I go I'm I go fuck. This is this is not good. This but then part of me is like fuck it. Here we come. You know. So now like Andrew Schultz is like go kill him. I'm like thank you Andrew Schultz. Uh, Andrew Schultz. I will go kill them. I will go kill them. Andrew Schultz. And I'm like and next thing you know they're going welcome to the stage Billy Darcy. I'm walking out. Five hundred people out there. Twelve beers under the belt. Here we come. Here we fucking come. I couldn't believe it. And it went great. It went fucking great. I killed. I couldn't believe it. At one point, uh, I had like a testy pop on stage because my, my voice was so like hoarse. So I had a testy pop in front of 500 people. Whatever. Laugh at me. Laugh with me. It's all kosher, baby. It's all kosher. Caught a couple of riffs, you know. Man. But it was so fun. It was so fucking fun. And then... And then, and then afterwards, I came off stage. They were like, oh, good job, man. P- appreciate you helping out. I go, no worries, no worries. I go, if I could be completely candid, uh, I've, I've had 13 beers. We totally got away with that, but thank you so much for having me. And, uh, oh, man, it was great. I couldn't believe it. So cool. And then after his other opener, 
um, I got to like bring Andrew Schultz on stage. Like I was like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, like, you know, we fucking, we all know him. We all love him. You know, from, from all these podcasts and stand up, I go, welcome to Andrew, Andrew Schultz. And I'm like shaking his hair, going, kill it. He's like, thanks Billy. And he's walking out. Everyone's <laughs> losing it. I'm fucking losing it. Oh, dude. Yes. Fucking sick, dude. What a night. What a night. And, uh, and the best part was while his opener was doing 20 minutes, I'm backstage with Andrew Schultz, like hanging out. We're just fucking kicking it. You know, we're chatting. Love it. And now I'm, I'm drunk again, but I'm, I can enjoy it. So now I'm back to just being a drunk guy who's happy to be there. It was before I was stressing out. So good. So we're, we're, we were hanging out and, uh, and then I watched, I watched his show. Fucking unbelievable. Probably the best show I've ever seen live. I've seen some crackers, but, oh man, definitely top, top three, you know, I mean, comedy's so different, it's not really, it's not really what it's about, but, um, fucking just unbelievable, unbelievable, such good show, but I was desperate to get a photo with him after the show, I didn't want to ask him before he was going on, maybe I should have in hindsight, but you don't want to fuck with someone before they're going on, you know, they might be, you know, they got shit to think about, and when I was hanging out with him, like, while his opener was on, I was, you know, I was like, Speaking when spoken to, you know, I wasn't like bantering it up too hard, but, uh, so after the show, I went backstage again, but he was uh, doing meet and greets and stuff. And, uh, Fr- uh, Frenchie was back there. Frenchie did a shoey with, um, with Andrew Schultz on stage. That was pretty cool as well. And Frenchie did get his, his VIP wristband that me and Pat almost fucking got our greedy little mitts on. But then Pat came backstage as well. And our mate, Alex. And they were like, they were like, can we go backstage? I was like, oh, I don't think so. You know, I'm not even really supposed to be backstage, I don't think. And uh, and then they just came through anyway. Pat led the way. Pat was blind as a bat at this point. He was so drunk. And uh, he was not well received in the green room backstage. I will say that. People were not enjoying his company. Because <laughs> everyone else is stone cold sober. Except me and Pat are blind, but I'm like, I'm in. They're like, oh, I'm... You know, they're like, no, Billy's a cool guy. And I've met them a couple other times as well. And Pat hasn't. But, um, but Pat was being fucking weird as well, for the record. He was being, he was being like just, you know when someone's too drunk and they're just on a rhythm no one else is? It was bizarre. And so, yeah, Pat, Pat was, yeah, Pat had to go. <laughs> and later on, <laughs> this is how Pat's night ended. He had a, he had a halal snack pack at this kebab store down the road and seagulls attacked him. <laughs> They attacked him for the snack pack. And that was the end of his night. Seagulls won the battle. So it was wild. But then we all went out for... Uh, they were like, oh, where should we go, Billy, for beers? I'm, like, it's Sunday night, but I'm like, I think I know a couple of pubs that'll be open. Every pub I took them to was closed. It was extremely embarrassing. Uh, even a pub that I swear was 24 hours. I don't know. But it was extremely embarrassing. We ended up going to uh, get Chinese food, and it was sick. Throwing banter around. Um, having a great time. And then at the end, I, he was like, oh, thanks, Billy, for opening. Really appreciate it. I go, no, no stress, Andrew. Can we get, can we possibly um, just get a quick photo? Because I've been wanting to get this photo for like the last two hours. Uh, and he's just been busy because he, he's fucking busy, you know. And then he goes, of course, Billy, fuck yeah, let's get this photo. And then it, he goes, holy shit, it's the last night of my tour. Everybody in for the photo. So I got a group photo, which is still good. Still good. Everyone in, like, there was just absolute legends there. All his touring crew. Um, Tom from the Roundabout crew was there. Man, it was great. My friend Alex came. So much fun. Uh, but then the photo, the only copy of the photo I got, Andrew Schultz is laughing and he's got his head down. You can't even see it's him. So he's not even in the photo. Techn- not really. But still, sick, you know? One minute, I'm second row. Going, how good's this? About to see, about to see a great show. Next thing I'm up there, fucking ripping it, you know? Fuck yeah, dude. So fun. So fun. Oh, mad. Good little credit as well. Good little credit to put on the old show description, open for Andrew Schultz. I'm already stretching the Sam Simmons credit a bit, to be honest. I put on my festival descriptions for next year. Uh, I had a stint opening for Sam Simmons. Somebody call the dictionary and let them know that stint has been redefined to once. So that, that's good. I opened for Sam Simmons once, but you know, made it sound like in the description, me and him were fucking touring all over the world for six months. And that's, pff, what are you going to do about it? You know, it's 
It's my podcast. It's my description. You can back off. It's the last time I'll say it. It is the last time I'll say it. Let me fix this up. Ah, uh, yeah. But fuck yeah, though. Oh, man. Great. But yeah, it was so fun. Couldn't couldn't have gone better. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I fucking tore the paint off or anything, but um, but I did well, and uh, it was fun. Oh, man, it was so cool. I don't want to underplay it. It was fucking cool. Met my hero. Ain't got to open for him. Unreal. And I got reimbursed for my the t-shirt I bought. Thanking you. Uh, and then last night, I was back to doing an open mic in front of seven people, so... No rest for the wicked, bruh, you know? 500 people one night opening for one of the greats. Seven people the next. Fucking catch me caring, bruh, you know? Catch me fucking caring. But yeah, I bombed out that open mic real bad. Anyway, these things happen. These things happen. Fuck. I've got to put my phone on airplane mode for these pods, you know? Oh, yeah, I just want to rip on Pat Doherty for a bit here. I hope no one minds. What do we got? Uh... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking about getting a new sign, by the way. Because every video looks the same, because the sign's the same. Anyway. I'm thinking about getting a new sign and auctioning this one off, but I don't know if anyone would want it, but it's the original Get Around Me sign, so I don't know. I just want the videos to look a bit different, you know? i got to work out how to make some JPEGs for the uh, thumbnails. Every video is just me sitting there and, like, pointing. <laughs> uh, Pat Doherty, okay. Actually, no, this is Pelican of the Week. Yeah, this is totally Pelican of the Week, actually. So me and Pat are taking our show Rift City to Perth Fringe next year in February, late January, February. Great, should be a great time. We're doing two weeks. It's all crowd work. It's all riffs. Going to be so much fun. I'm doing my new solo show as well. What a time we're going to have. Now, today I'm recording this on October 1st. The registrations for Fringe close on October 1st. You have to be fully paid up and everything. Uh, and I will say this... Um, my, my, my solo show is all paid up and stuff, so don't worry about that. I'm officially registered for, for Perth next year. Going to be great. Now, our registration for Rift City that Pat was looking after, I'm looking after mine, he's looking after Rift City, was all finalized two weeks ago. All Pat had to do was pay, okay? Today, I text him just because Pat, when it comes to details, is just fucked. The guy can't wrap his head around anything. You need to spell it out for him. You know, everyone has their strengths. Pat's a face-to-face guy. Details, this sort of thing. No, can't, he can't do it. So I give him what I would describe as a courtesy message today. I said, mate, just checking you're you all finalized up on that rego. Today's the last day. He not only replies saying, no, I did. I haven't done it. He replies saying, can you pay the rego? I'll pay you back next week. And you just need to finish off the settlement agreement with the venue as well. I go, this is the last day of registration. Rego's closed today. I go, are you fucking serious? This guy just lets me down on such a constant basis. Like, I'm not surprised, but I'm still just like, oh, fuck. So now I'm at work trying to fiddle with this shit. And the way the radio works is you you decide on the cut with the venue, whether they're getting a slice of the door or you're paying a set fee, whatever it is. You agree on that. Then you've got to put it into the radio form, send it off. Then the venue ticks it off on their end. Venue split confirmed. Then you can complete your registration. So I go... I go, Pat, send me your registration details. I'll do it. Keep in mind, Pat doesn't have a fucking job, so he definitely has the time. But I need to pay for it now, and there's no time to transfer. So I go, send me your registration details. He sent me he sent me some registration details for friggin' Ad- some festival in Adelaide. Not even the Perth Fringe. Like, just a completely different account for something else. I go, right, okay, that's not it. That's not even close. He finally sends me the Perth details. I go in. He never confirmed the venue split, so now I've got to send that off, and we're waiting for the venue to get back to us now on the last day of rego, because we can't pay until that comes in. And now it's like, we've got like fucking six hours to get this done, or we could potentially miss out on doing Rift City in Perth. And we've had all the details finalized for the last two fucking weeks, you know? Dude, infuriating. 
infuriating, you know? So hopefully we can get that sorted, you know? And Pat's such a jovial, happy guy. Like, he can, it seems like nothing, like, he, he'll never just get sad about something. He's like, all right, dude, we can, we can fix this. He's too positive, you know? I want to fucking, I want to see some regret in this kid's eyes. But I'm sure we'll be able to sort that out, but it's just like, fucking hell, Pat. This is something I thought was finalized two weeks ago. And now we're like up to the deadline, even though we've been, we did everything right, you know? Ugh, so annoying. So fucking annoying. But, uh, yeah, whatever, dude. Whatever. So that's Pelican of the Week, Pat. Saw your shit out, you know? But, uh, yeah, that'll be a good show. That'll be fun. Everyone has their strength. Pat could literally walk into any room anywhere and befriend someone. But, like, if you said, like, can you fill out this form in the next six years? He'd just be like, I'm so sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> he literally would just be like, I, I don't... It's like, no, no, the Pat... Pat, the form is for $100,000. All you have to do is fill it out. It's about five pages. You just need a couple of details here and there. He'd just be like, you're just going to have to keep the money. I'm so sorry. I can't. I can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. You know? Like, something about it. He'd like, he'd get halfway through the form and then see a butterfly and just like run into oncoming traffic. Dude's a fucking idiot. So everyone has their weaknesses and, uh, yeah, Pat's are details, unfortunately. But anyway, anyway, the, the ship rolls on. The ship rolls on. But there's something else I want to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. Got a lot of messages over the weekend um, regarding Dean Lewis playing at uh, the AFL Grand Final because obviously me and Dean Lewis are the same person. So I appreciate that. A lot of people getting in on the banter. Absolutely love it. Obviously, me and Dean Lewis are twins. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, he's the other half of me. Are we the same person? Is he my brother? I don't really know what the joke is anymore, but I am Dean Lewis. And uh, this is Dean Lewis on Dean Lewis's podcast, and uh, that's how it is. Oh, the cricket bat. Whoops. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry, the Kahuna 1000 hit the deck there. But, uh, yeah, so this Dean Lewis thing, right? Uh, I saw a few reviews for Dean Lewis. They said he was kind of a bit too sad to get the crowd riled up for an AFL grand final. And I love Dean Lewis. I've seen him live. Let me tell you, he's one of the most dynamic performers around, okay? Fucking love that guy. His mid, his in-between song banter is it good? It's not. Do we care? We don't, because we're there for the music. Uh, but, and it's his concert. You can back off. It's the last time he'll say it. But I will say, I did kind of agree with this, you know. There's, I, lo I love Dean Lewis, but, you know, sometimes you just be having a ripping day, like three coffees in, just going like, let me fucking headbutt a wall, you know? And then Dean Lewis comes on. Yeah, you start thinking about your ex-girlfriend. You're like, oh, Dean, come on, dude. Why do you got to be such a downer? You know, he should have more... You know, he, he's, he nails the heartbroken songs. I love it. But there's a time and there's a place. And uh, if I'm running out for an AFL grand final or if I'm in the crowd and I'm ready to sort of fight crowd members from maybe the other the other team, the other club, I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear freaking be all right, you know, about his best mate running through his girlfriend. It's quite... It's quite... You know, it's it's uncomfortable, Dean. It's uncomfortable. So I think on the next album, what I'm going to do as Dean Lewis is, you know, we're going to have 70% the shit we love, you know? Where's my ex-girlfriend? Saw a chick at a bus stop, but she didn't marry me. What's that about, you know? This sort of stuff. Fell, fell in love with a girl in year four, but it didn't go anywhere. Rah! Oh, God, my heart. <laughs> but, then, but then we're going to have three songs. This is just to plug Dean into a few more kind of user-friendly occasions, you know? Because you get Dean to play your 21st, you know? You want to upbeat, you know? Private functions, this sort of thing. Amy Shark has that. You know, Amy Shark's always crying about some bloke who didn't, who didn't pass her basketball back to her in 2012, you know? But then she's got I Said Hi. She's got a few bangers up her sleeve, you know? That's the key. So, Dean, we're going to have a few, a few songs about, you know, just, just being wild and free. That's the song. It's called Wild and Free. Look at me. I'm so wild and free. I mean, writes itself, basically. I'm as wild and free as can be. I mean, well, there's your first chorus. Thank me later, Dean. Uh, maybe let's have... Let's have more like, like, kind of like some fight music, you know, something about maybe just beating up some local street toughs. Uh, maybe... Yeah, let's have... Let's, 
Maybe, okay, let's, you've got the song, Dean, about the guy, your best friend, who has sex with your girlfriend, okay? It's very sad, it's a worldwide hit. Where's the song about you fucking that guy up? Hey, let's have that song. You know? It comes and goes in waves. So do my fists, bruh. Bam! Yeah? That's how it's fucking done. I'm not mad at that at all. It comes and goes in waves. And I'll stomp your fucking face in. Woo! That's... Uh, hey, uh, I'm just throwing stuff out here, Dean, okay? So, this could be the next, uh, you know? Could be something. Could be something. But yeah, so I think Dino... He's the voice of a generation. He's a great bloke. But he probably needs a couple of more chipper numbers, you know, just in case the NRL calls, you know, the cricket. There's so many great events. Oh, this cricket bat's pissing me off. Fuck off. The one time I tried to add to the set, kept falling over. Shit. God damn it. Uh, but yeah, so Dino, you need a couple. You need to just change gears a little bit, dude. Change gears. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, is writing music easy? Because that wasn't that hard. Is writing music easy or am I talented? Holy shit, guys. Am I the song? Am I a songbird? I'm so wild and free. Look at me. Am I a fucking songbird? Fuck, I don't know. My roommate Sam plays piano. Maybe he he jumps on the keys and I just you know, I don't I don't write the music. I just let it I just let it come out, you know? I just open up the doors to this little ticker and I just see what comes out. Dean Lewis, dude. Give me a buzz. Uh, but yeah. Dean Lewis, the AFL grand final. And I also got a lot of messages last week on, on the old gram about a guy fought off a robber with a with a jar of Nescafe Blend 43. And uh, a lot of people sent that to me because we, as we know, I love instant coffee, but I fucking hate Nescafe Blend 43. I hate it on principle because how dare it exist as a product when there's such a phenomenal alternative right next to it on the shelf, you know? Like the Nutribullet, it's too expensive, but before the Fruit Ninja came along, it was killing it because there was no alternatives. Now we all, you know, you go to Woolies, you get yourself a, a Fruit Ninja for $30. Not paying that name brand shit, but, but Nescafe, like it's the same amount of effort and distance to reach for the jar of Makona right next to it, you know? And let me tell you, if this guy fought off a robber with a jar of Makona... He's not just fighting him off. He's killing that bloke. All right? He's killing that bloke. That's a high quality bean, you know? That's going to fuck up anyone. But Nes I can only hope that when he when he hit the robber with the Nescafe Blend 43, the jar shattered and the, the coffee went everywhere and no one was able to, to drink it because that's that stuff is trash, you know? Absolute fucking trash. Uh, but I do want to talk about this as well. I was cleaning out some books the other day. Right. And yeah, I read. How about you back off? You know? But yeah, I, I mostly read sports biographies. So that's... I'm exactly the guy you thought I was. Fiction is just... it. I get to... Stuff stresses me out. I think... I never used to be this way, but... Like, I got too many... I get too invested in stuff, and then it stresses me out. Like, I was reading this fantasy book a couple of years ago, and like... I get so into the story, I'd be like... Wednesday afternoon, I'd be like... Fuck, what are we going to do about this about this dark witch in the hills, you know? And it would honestly just rock me. And then, like, yeah, it, it just, like, emotionally drained me. Because I was like, fuck, this is... We're fighting to save the seven lands, you know? This is, fuck, this is a big... This is a big fight, you know? So it did stress me out a bit. But, um... Uh... But I found a book that I... Uh, uh, that I absolutely loved. And I since... I now feel differently about it. It was Lance Armstrong's autobiography, right? I read both of his books... So did my dad. Me and my dad absolutely love this bloke's books. We were like, this guy is a fucking superhuman, you know? Cancer, see you later. French Mountains, see you later. Seven, seven Tour de France's, maybe more. One ball, no worries. All wins, all the time. But now it's like, you know, you put all this faith in the guy. Turns out he was drugged up to the gills, you know? And uh, I just thought, fuck. That guy gave me so much joy and inspiration and it, I don't know, like, does it still count? I was feeling fake feelings. I was like, what is truth? I started freak, I started spiraling, to be honest. I was like, what is truth? Who am I? Who's Lance? Is Lance my dad? What's going on? You know? But then I thought, 
Because, you know, in, in cycling, they've got the guys who, like, Lance Armstrong will be, like, the leader of the team, and then the guys who, like, ride in front of him to carry him up the mountain. How frustrated would you be pedaling up the, up the mountain with Lance Armstrong, doing all the hard work, knowing this guy's basically... He's basically a fucking Avenger at this point. He's got that much EPO in his system. This guy's like a Russian super soldier, and yet I'm here doing all the legwork for him. It's like, this guy could fucking run up the mountain faster than we could ride at this point, you know? How much would that piss you off? And then, you know, you come back to the hotel room. This guy's just injecting God knows what. You know, there's some Soviet doctor in the corner. Ivan Drago's there just yelling yelling motivation to him in Russian. You know, just, just basically... Samuel L. Jackson's giving him the call going, you know, freaking Loki's back. We need you to help save the world. You know, Lance Armstrong's a fucking super soldier. And you're just some guy. You're doing all the hard work. And then at the end of it, this guy's on the podium. He's got all the money, all the women, you know. And you're just some some guy no one's ever heard of. No drugs. And you just go back to your life and just think, I wonder why they're all so loyal to him. You know, it's not like his whole team was just people who he grew up with. Fair enough if he was like, his cycling team was like him and his six brothers. They're just all cyclists, you know, cycling's an individual sport. And let's be honest, people who cycle to begin with are already pretty fucking weird, you know? It's not, I wouldn't say they're the most, you know, well put together, loyal bunch, you know? Oh, I can't wait for the weekend so I can get up at 4am and cycle up the coast, almost getting hit by trucks every 10 metres. You know? That's not the actions of someone who likes themselves. That's not the, the actions of someone who prioritizes friendship, family, you know? Oh, sorry, sorry, love, it's your seventh birthday, but me and the lads have got to fucking ride to Newcastle and back because I know we got laid in high school, you know? Now, where is my Lycra? Like, I don't know, it's weird. So, I, I'm just saying, okay, roundabout point, if I'm that guy that had to drive, had to uh, pull Lance Armstrong up the mountain, take the headwind, do all the hard work, dude, after the first stage, I'm dobbing this guy in so fucking quick, you wouldn't believe it. Like, literally, immediately. If I am if I know he's doping and I'm taking him up the mountain, like, dead set, this guy blinks too quick around me, I'm turning him in. Are you fucking serious? What was motivating these people? Lance must have been giving them a fair bit of the prize money. Actually, of course he was, now that I think about it. Oh, man, I just went on that five-minute rant. Of course that they were getting the money. Oh, I'm so fucking dumb. I didn't even think of that. I would have been the one guy in the in the team who wasn't getting a cut of any of the prize money and just being like, huh, oh, well, another million dollars for Lance. Oh, back to my one-bedroom apartment, you know? Dude, I'm a fucking idiot. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Everyone else would have been getting millions. And I just would have been like, all right, Lance, well, I'll see you next year. Good race, buddy. Good race. Sorry, uh, I think our bags got mixed up. This one's full of steroids. Yeah, there you go, Lance. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Lance. My bad, my bad. Dude, of course they were getting a cut, you know? Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Well, sometimes you just got to work this stuff out, out in the out in the open. Oh, man. I was thinking about that all day as well. Why would they not out him money? Of course. I don't know. Lance is all right, though. I think people like him again now. You know? I remember in an interview he said, like, you know, they would go to the Tour de France and, like, everybody was just roided up to the gills, you know? Apparently, at one of the uh, one of the races at the starting point, a guy was fucking gathering a spirit bomb. That's how fucking... That's how much shit this bloke had in his system, you know? He's about to turn Super Sam. But, uh... And then Lance was like, look, if they're doing it, we're in. And then he fucked them up. So he's still the best of a bad bunch. He went on the Joe Rogan experience, so that's something, you know? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I listened to that one. Lance Armstrong. Dude, who... At the end of the day, cycling's not a real sport. So, who gives a shit, you know? I tell you what, though. If a soccer player or someone did this, they, the world would really care. People don't even know what cycling is. They, they know what Lance Armstrong is. They're like, oh, Lance Armstrong did that? Oh, no. Will his volleyball team be able to go on without him? He's a cyclist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I knew that. I knew that. Dude, Lance Armstrong was in... Uh, man, the nerve of this guy, though. Oh, man, the nerve of this guy. He was in a... um. I think he was in Funny People. He was in some film where... No, he was in Dodgeball. He was in Dodgeball. He played himself. Vince Vaughn's about to give up. And and Lance Armstrong goes like, Oh, man, I can't wait to see you play in the final. And Vince Vaughn's like, I'm not going. And Lance Armstrong's like, Well, I won six Tour de France's with only one nut. But I'm sure you have your excuses. 
And Vince Vaughn's like, you're right, Lance Armstrong. You're fucking right. Think about all the times Lance Armstrong was like accepting a check, making celebrity appearances, you know, getting sponsorship money, you know, chicks rooting him because of all his Tilda Francis. I bet it happened. I bet it happened a few times, you know, all the money he got, you know, the, the movie appearances, the adulation, you know, all, all the free stuff, the lifestyle, you know, the, the whole time he's thinking, uh, do you reckon he was thinking this is going to end eventually? Or was he thinking, fuck dude, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Ha ha ha. Or do you reckon he was thinking, if I'm him, I'm just taking cash out of the bank and hiding it at such a rapid rate, like going, fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, Balls of steel. uh, uh, That's a bad joke, but this guy has balls of steel. This guy has balls of steel. Imagine taking the whole world for a ride, you know? Just being like, oh man, fooling the whole world. Signing babies. Ugh. I mean, he did technically beat cancer, you know? He did live through that, so... I don't know. I'm, 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 the more I think about it, the more I actually like Lance Armstrong. I've come around. I've come around again. Whoops. Sorry, fuck the camera up. But, uh, okay. So roundabout, I like Lance Armstrong again, and it was clear that he was paying off his team members. So we worked through that. We worked through that. I'm not mad at that at all, actually. Best to think some of these things throughout loud, I reckon. Uh, but, uh, you got a couple other things, but, I think I do podcasts wrong because by the 45 minute mark, I'm like, I'm like tired. I think I get, I get too excited on these riffs. You know, I get too like fucking, whoa, what's happening? You know, like that Andrew Schultz story. I was fucking living it. You know, I see other, when I watch, uh, like podcasts on YouTube, like single podcast podcasts where there's like, they're two and a half hours in and they're just like, yeah, I could go another two hours. I can't, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore right now. You know? Like I've had I've had enough of this right now. Like I just feel like I've I've spoken enough. I've ex, I've expelled all the energy. You know. Maybe I need to fucking chill out a bit more. Maybe you need to chill out a bit more. You know, it's my podcast. You can back off. It's the last time I'll say it. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I'm doing a lot of thinking out loud on this one. You know, don't know what's what, who's who. But I'm Billy D. You can catch me, Karen. Um, all right, I need to end this podcast. There's a lot of weird cliches being thrown around. That balls of steel joke was a sign that it was time to cut it off. That sucked. That was an accident, but it still sucked. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.